0: Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 21 of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and I'm so happy that you're joining me here today. Well, how's your fall been? Ours has been wonderful. We actually have enjoyed some cooler weather here in Alabama, and we're gearing up to take our kids to their very first college football game. So this should be a lot of fun. I won't get to report back to you on that one before the end of the season, but I'll be sure to post some pictures on social media when we get to go. We're taking them back to our old alma mater. My husband and I both graduated from Florida State in Tallahassee, so We're excited. It should be a lot of fun. And in addition, we're gearing up for the holiday season and enjoying pumpkin spice, everything and a little bit of soup. And I hope your fall is going just as well as ours is. Well, today I get to interview Lauren Hill, and it was a lot of fun to interview Lauren. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. She's just such a pleasant person to talk to. So sit back. Put your feet up, maybe get something warm to drink and enjoy. Lauren Hill is a homeschooling mother of four and the mama behind MamasLearningCorner.com. Lauren has a flair for creating fantastic printables and worksheets for her own children, and she shares her creations with other homeschooling families through Mamas Learning Corner. Her site is a resource for everything from early literacy skills to seasonal and holiday-themed worksheets to packets of printables on famous historical figures. Lauren, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you so much, Pam. I'm so glad to be with you. Well, we are happy to have you
0: here. So why don't you start off by telling me a little bit about your family?
1: Sure. I am married to my husband, Brian, and we have four children, 10th, 5th grade, 8th, and 3rd grade a six-year-old in first grade, and then an almost five-year-old who's really doing early kindergarten-type work, not quite ready for kindergarten yet.
0: Okay. Well, how did you guys get started homeschooling?
1: (laughs) That is an interesting story. When my oldest was of kindergarten age, we had already decided that the public school system might not be the best fit for our family. So we started to look towards private school, had some interviews at a local Christian school that we just fell in love with, and. Honestly, just just got very far in the process and then decided you know, it just was not for us, not only financially, but just decided that homeschooling would be a better option for us. I loved having my children home with me during the day. Honestly, I couldn't fathom sending my little five-year-old boy to school for eight hours a day. And the idea of homeschooling didn't necessarily appeal to me at first because I just didn't know what to expect. I just didn't have a good frame of reference for what it really would look like you know, on a day-to-day basis. Once we got into the nitty gritty of it, I've absolutely loved it. Just loved it. It's the, it's just a great fit for our family. So in hindsight, I'm very happy that we that we pulled out of the private school scenario and that we've chosen to take this different this different path for us. And so you've been doing it from the very beginning. Yes, from the very beginning. Yes. And this is we're currently in our sixth year. So I finally feel like I can trust myself in terms of making curriculum decisions and the day-to-day homeschool planning type decisions. That's taken me a while, but there's still, you know, with each new year of homeschooling, there's a there's new type of learning for the mom. So I'm still definitely in a season of learning for myself. Right.
0: And then rolling all of those different children in just when you think you get it figured out. Um, oh, gosh. You have to roll yes. in another
1: one. <laughs> yes, that's so true. And then, you know, different seasons of learning, you know, struggling readers versus early readers versus very independent reading. So, you know, there's there's just the season feels like it's constantly changing.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, I have a multiple choice question for you. Are you ready? Sure. Your homeschool day is most like which literary classic? Would it be A, Persuasion, B, Plato's Dialogues, C, War of the Worlds, or D, Shakespeare's Comedy of Errors?
1: Hmm. Well, I'll be very honest. Some days are very persuasion-like, but... I would say on the whole, I would say comedy of errors. I feel like, gosh, I feel like we never have the same same routine and same schedule every single day. So some days, you know, we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants and then other days are, are very steady. So I would definitely say comedy of errors.
0: Yeah, I think that change up of what goes on every day, that's what keeps it exciting though. Oh,
1: sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, speaking of those days where things don't go as planned. What's your go to backup plan for when your regular homeschool plan falls through for the day?
1: You know, (laughs) I have had plenty of practice in honing this particular problem (laughs) because it seems like our days often fall off the tracks, whether it's with, you know, bad attitudes, and that includes mine as well, not just children, or, you know, there's a sick child, or, you know, there's different events that can change up our homeschool day. But for when we're having an issue with attitudes or character or that type of thing, I always ditch our homeschool plans and address that issue. And even if that takes all day. So I'm very willing to put our actual book work aside to work on character problems or attitude problems. And like I said, even if that's my attitude, you know, if I need to go sit on the porch by myself a few minutes and get it together, then I'm very willing to put those things aside. And for us, the bigger picture is character and loving each other as a family. So um, now I would not have said that answer <laughs> in my very early days of homeschooling. I was very much a check off the list, to-do list type person, and I'm still like that. But I was much more regimented in those early days. I realize now that the hearts of my children are much more important than checking off our to-do list. So when we've had a day that kind of just goes off the rails, we take a few minutes to regroup, whatever that may look like. Some days it means we just stop school for the whole day. And I'm okay with that. We school mostly year round so we can have days built into our schedule, you know, when we just need a break and I'm okay with that.
0: Right. In those days, you know, where it goes off the rails like that and you're struggling, I'm not quite so sure that anybody's really learning anything anyway. (laughs) So it's (laughs) probably better just to stop.
1: Yes, that's so true. If people are You know, if you can't concentrate on the book that I'm reading aloud or, you know, then it's just time to put, it's just time to set it aside and just go do something else.
0: Well, Lauren, what are your three favorite tools in your homeschool toolbox?
1: I have so many. The homeschooling mom has so many supplies, right? (laughs) And I do. My biggest tool is definitely my Bible. I would never get through my homeschooling day without reading my Bible first. I have, well, I will confess that I have quite the love of office supplies. So my second tool are definitely Ticonderoga pencils. They are the best and I love them. And I hide them from my children most of the time. <laughs> so I can use them. Third, oh, it's probably our printer. I love our printer. It scans and copies and the ink is cheap. And, you know, I make printables. So I certainly print a lot of papers. So I definitely couldn't get by without my printer. Love it.
0: I cannot imagine a homeschooling mom with a penchant for office supplies. <laughs>
1: I know. I I do fit that stereotype for sure. (laughs) Well, do
0: you guys have a designated space for doing school or do you kind of school all over?
1: We do. We have a very small dining room that we turned into our school room years ago. And even though we are really tight in that little tiny space, I am so blessed and grateful to have that room. You know, it, it is so convenient just to have a place to store all of the homeschool materials, which, as you know, are usually plentiful. And usually we do school in that room. We we have a our old dining room table that we use and sit around. And it really is very one room schoolhouse like, which I love. But I, I, my heart definitely goes out for people that don't have a have a specific space to school in. I feel like even though learning, you know, infuses every single aspect of our day, it is nice to have a place to, you know, for containment of all of those things. Yeah, I often
0: say, I mean, we have a really nice, we did the same thing. We took our what should have been the formal dining room in our home and turned it into a school room. And it's an open plan. So, you know, you walk in my front door and there it is. That's but, exactly
1: um, ours. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. I often say I could really live without the school room. I just need a school closet and a really big one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, I agree. So and I that,
0: I think the room is negotiable, but the closet, definitely not.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. The best purchase we ever made for that room was a set of the Ikea cube shelves.
0: Yes, I have them.
1: Near and dear to my heart. Yes, they are.
0: (laughs) They are so very handy. Well, what is your favorite subject to teach?
1: You know, the first several years, I would have said history. However, I started my fifth and my third grader with Institute for Excellence in Writing this year, Mm -hmm. and it's been the best thing to happen to our homeschool in a long time. I love to teach it. I love the videos that are the teacher videos. And my children, they have thrived with it. So even though writing is definitely not my strong suit, I'm a blogger, but I'm not a superior writer like many bloggers. So I was was nervous about teaching that to my children. But, oh, IEW has has been a hit for us. It's by far my favorite. By far. Yeah,
0: I teach that at our co-op. And I've actually tutored some high school students with it one summer. And I do really appreciate the program. I like the DVDs. I like to watch the DVDs. And then now, do you have the set where you watch the DVDs and then turn around and teach them one of the theme-based programs? Or do you have the set where they actually get to watch Andrew?
1: Actually, I have both. I have the teacher set with DVDs. so I make sure that I watch the portion that I need to so I'm prepared to teach. And Mr. Pudua does an excellent job of preparing a homeschool mom to confidently teach her children writing. And then we use the student writing intensive A this year. Since my youngest is third, I'm using it with third and fifth. And we've really done minimal writing up until this point. Besides, you know, no booking pages and that type of thing. And they have caught on so beautifully. He explains it so well to them. So, yes, we use the sources that are within that, that level A and we love it. Just yeah. love
0: it. That's one of my favorite programs, too. I have a lot of writing programs that I like and could you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we use that one for co-op and I really do like it. So a lot of the kids at co-op particularly flourish with it. So it's awesome. Yeah. Well, is yeah. there a subject that's harder for you to teach?
1: Science. I think the problem with science is that I feel like it's the last thing that we ever get to. So we don't get to it as often as I would like. So I feel like in terms of things being harder, it's simply... matter of time, not necessarily because I don't feel confident teaching it. Now, that might not be the case when we get, you know, further into middle and high school. But right now, time is my biggest issue and being able to fit in the fun activities and the reading and all of the things that I want to do each day. So that's more of a hindrance to me than actual topic or content at the present time. I have a pretty good feeling that's going to change in later years.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm kind of at the same spot where you are with the ages of my children. And, you know, you have so many students who are still doing reading lessons and still doing spelling lessons. And just, you know, three or four years from now, that's not going to be an issue at all. So I feel you. I know I'm right there. So, well, what book do you think is a must read for your children before they leave your home?
1: Oh, that's a very good question. You know, aside from wanting my children to be very knowledgeable about the Bible. I'm not sure that there is one specific book. And I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that. I really want my children to love reading and adore it and just can't wait to choose their next book. And so instead of choosing, instead of making sure they read just one book, I would really want them to develop a, just a love of reading. So they put one book down and think, oh, what am I going to read next? I want them to be that excited about it. So instead of just one book, I I really just want them to have that, just that love of learning and reading.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a good answer. I like that one. (laughs) Does your family have any special homeschool traditions, like a way to celebrate the first day of school or the last day of school or anything in between?
1: You know, we don't do a whole ton of celebrations. Like we're not, you know, celebrate the hundredth day of year type people on the first day of school, we definitely take school pictures. My husband always goes to work late on that day. So you can stay home and and take pictures of all of us. And of course, there can be a picture of the teacher and the principal, you know, my husband, of course. But and on the last day of school, there's usually such hip, hip parades all around. You know, we know that we're going to take about six weeks off and then start school again. So, but no, we, we aren't huge tradition type people. And maybe that makes us boring, which is, possible
0: yeah or it just makes mama sane <laughs>
1: yeah, well and then there's that yes.
0: <laughs> our traditions usually tend to be really easy for me to yes, do so yes yes well your own site mama's learning corner it's a fantastic online resource for moms do you have any sites that you yourself like to go to when you need help or inspiration
1: oh yes yeah. well thank you yes I definitely want mama's learning corner to be an encouragement to other mothers So the sites that I, the homeschooling sites that I turn to, I'm not a huge blog reader any longer just because of my lack of time. But if I want to find free or frugal resources, I always turn to free homeschool deals because that's just the place to be. I enjoy reading over at Raising Lifelong Learners because I have a couple of gifted children. So I love Colleen's perspective and just her wisdom about about gifted, gifted students and the best ways to help them be successful with learning.
0: Well, Lauren, how and why did you get started making your own printables? Because you have a ton of printables available at Mama's Learning Corner. So how did you get started with that?
1: I do have a lot of printables available. And the way it initially started, when my son, who was the oldest, was in kindergarten, I just could not find exactly what I was looking for. I didn't want traditional worksheets in that, you know, hand hand them a worksheet and here you go. I wanted to have more interactive type printables, things that he and I could do together. He's definitely just now in fifth grade, moving more towards independence. So it's not that I was trying to make him independent. I I wanted more interactive type printables that we could use. I couldn't exactly find what I wanted online, so I thought, well, how hard can this be? I'll see if I can make my own. Well, <laughs> it was a little bit harder than I thought, as many things are in life. So I really made them initially just to tailor to him, and then my oldest daughter, you know, started moving towards preschool and kindergarten age years. And I thought, well, I can just make things for her too. And then I thought well, was just, you know, just such a shame for it to sit on my hard drive and not share it with other people. And so then Mama's Learning Corner was born. And that's how you got started. Yeah, yeah.
0: And you have some great information out there about how to use printables and how to use worksheets with your kids and the different steps you could take to make them a little more meaningful than just your standard hand it to the child and they sit there and fill in the blank.
1: Oh, certainly. And you know, the more I move away from the traditional school mindset, now you have to keep in mind I grew up in public school, so that's really my only. That was my only frame of reference for a very long time. You know, I just didn't realize there were a million different ways to learn. And so, the the older my children get, the more reading living books becomes important. And while printables and worksheets definitely have their place, that's not the only thing we do every day. But I I definitely like the interactive aspect of the majority of, of the printables that I put out.
0: Right. Now, I know that unit studies, that's one of the things that you guys do. That's one of the ways that you learn in your school. So do you have any tips for someone who wants to put together a unit study? Maybe they can't find one out there that they like and they're looking to put something together on their own. And I know you've done quite a few of these.
1: Yes, my biggest tip with unit studies is to start small. You will find grandiose, you know, plans online. But I am the world's worst about making something too hard. But I have found with unit studies, the smaller you can start them, they can blossom and grow. And that's wonderful. But to start small, and what I mean by that is, Choose two or three wonderful living books from the library. The li- even if the library has 15 books that you think would be great, only take two or three of those home. And secondly, choose one way to evaluate that information. The choices are, you know, if, if your child is interested in lapbooking, booking, we'll choose a very simple lab book. If your child is interested in notebook pages, find two or three on the line and download those. If they're interested in printable games, you know, find some of those related to the topic. So my suggestions are to start with two or three living books, find some type of way to evaluate that, you know, whether through notebooking pages, worksheets, whatever. And the third thing is to choose a very simple hands-on activity. And certainly if you're um, studying something fairly simple, such as pumpkins as we move into the fall season, you know, that's a, that can be a really small unit study as opposed to, you know, something like the Revolutionary War, you would really need to expand that. But for children in in younger ages, you know, second and third grade and younger, I find that the more simple you keep a unit study, the more they remember and the more meaningful it is to them.
0: Oh, that's some great advice. I never thought about it like that. But yeah. Yeah. So don't bite off the Revolutionary War on the
1: oh, go round. No, no, no. Start very small. Oh, I
0: like that. And I'm thinking now I'm thinking back on all the pumpkin units we've done through the years when my little guys were really little and how much fun it was.
1: They are so fun. And that especially if you can, even if you're not a crafty mom or artsy mom, and even if you're a mom that despises mess, you know, which sometimes I do, if you can just choose that one hands on project, it will just really seal the deal for those, especially during the young ages, those little learners just really seals it in their minds.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I am not craftsy at all. And I can remember when we did a pumpkin unit one time, we put them in the bathtub to see if they would float. Oh, fun. (laughs) And so, you know, there was no cutting, pasting, gluing, glitter, construction paper, none of that involved at all. You know, it was putting it in the bathtub and see if it'll float and then cutting the top off and seeing how many seeds were inside and, and things like that. And we didn't touch a crayon or a stick of glue at all. So See, I think for those perfect. moms out there yeah. who aren't crafty, it's you know, with a couple of good living books and then I just love your plan for a unit study. You need to write a post on that. I should. <laughs> I really should. That's true. You really Thank should. You. Yeah. Well Lauren, are you ready for a little pop quiz? I am. Okay. Chocolate or vanilla? Oh vanilla. Pen or pencil? Ooh, a sharpened pencil. Talker or listener? Listener. Fiction or nonfiction? Ooh, nonfiction. Cat person or dog person? Dog. Lord of the Rings or Star Wars?
1: <laughs> oh, I'd say Lord of the Rings.
0: Ocean or mountains? Mountain. Essay or project? Project. Lauren, where can everybody find you online?
1: I'd love for people to come visit me at Mama's Learning Corner. It's www.mamaslearningcorner.com.
0: That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for being here with me.
1: Thank you, Pam. I've loved it.
0: And there you have it. Episode 21 of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. If you would like links to any of the books or resources that Lauren and I chatted about today, you can find them in the show notes for this episode. If you go to edsnapshots.com forward slash 21 We'll have links to Lauren's website and everything else there for you to find very easily Also for those of you who have left ratings and reviews in itunes for homeschool snapshots We really appreciate that. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to do that for us We will be back in a couple of weeks with another fun podcast interview and until then keep on homeschooling